0: You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from com. Our episode today is brought to you by the Locked On NFL Preview. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Fora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy this show... Subscribe to it. This is Locked on Jets. We're a daily podcast covering the New York Jets, new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. You can also subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, give it a fi- give the show a five star review if you enjoy it helps us out quite a bit. Really do appreciate it. Today we have our weekly mailbag show. If you are new to this podcast, we do a weekly mailbag. It typically comes on Wednesday. Sometimes we move it around a bit for scheduling purposes. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions, and our first question is about the personnel groupings we can expect to see from the Jets on offense this season. All off season, we heard that this team will run a lot of 12 personnel. Do you still think we will run a lot of 12 personnel with our tight end group as a perceived weakness, while the wide receiver group is a perceived strength, and which personnel group would you prefer? So before I get into that, I just wanna explain what 12 personnel is. You'll sometimes hear about a personnel grouping and you'll hear a number describe it. So whenever that happens, the first number is the number of running backs on the field and the second number is the number of tight ends on the field. So 12 personnel means one running back, two tight ends. 21 personnel is two running backs, one tight end. 11 personnel is one running back, one tight end. 13 personnel would be kind of a goal line package because you'd have one running back, three tight ends, 31, which you barely see in modern football. Occasionally, you'll see a team put three running backs onto the field. But if you ever hear like 31 personnel, that's three running backs and one tight end. So that's just an explanation for the question. And if you hear it during the game, now you'll know what it means. So the question is, will the Jets run a lot of 12 personnel this season? And the question is not entirely clear, clear. and part of the reason it's not clear is it kind of depends on how you define the position of one specific player, and that's Trevon Wesco, who I think could end up being an interesting player on this offense. Now, I got to be honest with you, when the Jets picked him out of West Virginia in the fourth round in 2019, I hated the pick, and there were a few reasons I hated it. I did not like the Jets using a blocking tight end with a high fourth round pick in a year where they were short on picks. I felt like they should be making a pick that had a higher potential upside. But part of it was I really did not understand how he fit what Adam Gase wanted to do on offense. And in this offense, he's actually, I think, a better fit. Now, he'll handle the fullback role, but he'll also play tight end. So if you count Wesco as 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 a fullback, then Maybe you'll see more 21 personnel, but if you count him as a tight end, it's more 12 personnel because he'll probably be, you know, so part of the question is a bit academic because I think this player is going to be on the field and whether it's 21 personnel or whether it's 12 personnel, comes down to whether you classify him as a running back or as a tight end. I do think that the Jets should probably play more 11 personnel though, and that's one running back, one tight end because... When you're playing one running back, one tight end, that means you have three receivers on the field. And if you look at the way this team is built, the strength is the receiving group on offense, which is a very refreshing thing to say as a Jets fan entering week one. It's not something we have said frequently through the years, at least over the last decade. So I would probably put the tight ends on the field less. And you know, it, part of it, again, part of it depends on how Westco develops. If he actually turns into this great blocker that he was supposed to be out of West Virginia, that I'm not sure he really has been the first couple of years, it makes it easier to get him on the field, and it makes it easier to play that second tight end with, I presume, it will be Tyler Croft, because the Jets are going to be a team that tries to establish the run. They will try and set up play action. They'll try and keep Zach Wilson in reasonable downs and distances. You don't want Zach in 3rd and 11s, 3rd and 13s, 3rd and 9s, all that frequently. So if you have a guy like Wesco who turns into a good blocker and Tyler Croft who can block, then I can see them being on the field more. But if you're playing to the strength of the team, then you might want to play more 11 personnel, just the one running back and one tight end, and then let the three receivers get on the field, and hopefully you find a mismatch when you're throwing the ball. Our next question Which rookie defender will have a better season, Hamza Nasraldine or Brandon Eccles? And these were both late round picks who could see playing time for the Jets this season. This question is really speculation because it's not entirely clear the roles these players will have on defense. Will they be starters? Will they play extensively with the first team? We don't know entirely. And also, even if they are on the field week one, they are going to have to play well to continue justifying playing time. My guess would be Dean for a couple of reasons. First of all, he at one time was viewed as an early round talent, and he likely fell to the late rounds of the 2021 draft because of an injury. Now, there are some question marks around that. Can he get back to being the player he was? How much did the injury take out of him? There also is the matter of him not playing that much last season. I've talked about this before. Just because a player is projected to be a first or a second round pick one year before their draft does not necessarily mean that they always make it. You know, sometimes they have a bad season and their draft stock falls quite a bit. So there are some question marks there. But unlike Eccles, Dean did at least at one time have early round talent. He was a guy who was being speculated as an early round pick. I think the other issue is that and Deans and Ian Eagle on our, in our preview show yesterday talked about this. At linebacker, it's a little bit easier to hide your mistakes because the assignments at the linebacker position are not always that clear, whereas at corner, you can get exposed badly. And if Eccles turns into a weak link, which I fear he will be, they're just going to keep going after him and after him and after him in a way that I'm not sure is going to happen with Dean even if he struggles. So I think that the first guy to get benched for poor play is probably going to be Eccles. So he's going to have to really stand up. And the Jets are going to need somebody to emerge out of nowhere to play well at corner. And it, look, if Eccles plays well, that's great for the Jets. That's a big boost to this team, and it answers one of the most glaring question marks on this roster. But I just think Dean is a more talented player, and I think he's in a little bit better position to succeed as a rookie than Eccles is. And I get the sense that the Jets are really expecting big things from Nasraldine. Not that they aren't from Eccles. I do think that they like Eccles, but just the buzz around the the team, if if we're talking about just the late round picks, the guys who went on day three, it certainly seems like there's been more buzz around Nasraldine than anybody else. So, For all these reasons, I think I would go Dean, if the question is who's having the bigger season, him or Eccles. Now, if you want to put real money down, I'm not sure you can bet on Dean or Eccles, but BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the latest updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on tomorrow night's season opener between the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked on Jets podcast on this Mailbag Wednesday. Our next question, while it is only week one of the regular season, I feel like this is a major measuring stick game for the Jets. Perhaps I am reading into week one from a very young team, but I feel like the Panthers are a below average team, who I would say have only marginally improved from last year on paper. They're certainly not the worst roster in the NFL, but if the Jets are improved from last year, this is a team the Jets need to be competitive with. Am I putting too much stock into a week one outcome? Well, I think everybody always puts, puts too much stock into a week one outcome. At the end of the first week, we have what's known as overreaction week in the NFL. That is the period between your team's first game and its second game and whenever your team wins you feel like you're a contender if you were not expected to be good preseason you talk about how everybody underestimated you if you lose week one it feels miserable it feels like you're never going to win a game and it does not always work that way now last year week one was a pretty good indicator of where the season was going but we did not know that at, at the end of the first week we needed to see more information There have been plenty of years, though, where the Jets have played very poorly in Week 1 and went on to be successful, and there are seasons where the Jets played great Week 1 and went on to be terrible. Um, The second of Rex Ryan's AFC Championship game appearances, they played a miserable game Week 1 against Baltimore. the, The defense played well, but the offense was horrible, and they lost the game. It was a Monday night opener. It was the Jets' first game at MetLife Stadium. I think it was called New Meadowlands Stadium at the time. I don't think MetLife had yet become the title sponsor of the stadium, Jets went on to have a great season. You think back to 2012, Mark Sanchez had a phenomenal week one game against the Buffalo Bills. He went on to have a horrible year. The Jets were awful. That was the Tebow year or Sam Darnold's first year. The Jets played a brilliant week one game in Detroit, crushed the Lions, went on to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. For me this year, it's not so much about week one. Now, yes, you'd like to see the Jets be competitive, it would bother me a lot if the Jets went out there and got blown out this weekend and were not competitive. But for me, it's almost about how much the team grows through the season. We know this is not a contending team. This is not a team that's likely to vie for a Super Bowl. I want to see the Jets get better as the season goes along. So with that in mind... I don't think he should go crazy. Now, people will, especially because the old quarterback the Jets had is on Carolina now. So if he goes out there, if Sam goes out there and plays great against the Jets and Wilson struggles a little bit, people are going to panic. You're going to hear all sorts of takes about how the Jets made a mistake. But I'm not all that concerned about it. I think that I want to see this team really come together as we get into November, December. I want to see see them really start start to play good football then. Yeah, I'd like to see them play well at the beginning of the year, but this is the beginning of the build. And I want to see this th- thing get better as the season goes on. Week one is not something that should necessarily make you freak out, even if the Jets... And that, I go that'll get, that goes as well if, if the Jets dominate Carolina. That doesn't mean you should act like the Jets are now suddenly a contender in the AFC East. This is a long build. It's going to be a bit of a process over the next couple of years. And every game... It's just one game. That's important to remember. Next question. Will Zach respond well to adversity? The Panthers will try to pressure him early in the game in order to rattle him. What can Zach do to avoid the blitz while looking down the field for a receiver? Well, we'll talk about this over the next two days. We'll have a couple of days of previews for week one between the Jets and the Panthers. Now, one thing Zach has shown an ability to do both in preseason and in college is to buy himself some time by moving outside the pocket. That was one of the things Sam was supposed to be really good at, and it never really got there on a consistent basis in the NFL. I mean, there was one play against Green Bay, which was really impressive, where he slid to his right and found an open receiver. So, you know, that's one thing. Navigating the pocket's important. But part of this is the Jets have to help him out a little bit, and that goes back to making sure you're running the ball effectively, staying out of those obvious passing downs, because those are where you get into trouble. You know, you get into, like, a third and nine, the defense does not have to respect the run anymore, and they can send a lot. They can send blitzes at you. They don't have to worry so much about the run gaps. So it's also about the offense staying on schedule. It's not just about Zach, because yes, Carolina's going to try and rattle him, but if you can stay in reasonable downs and distances, that limits what Carolina can do defensively, whereas when you get into those bad downs and distances, and this contributed to I think some of Sam's issues last year and the years that preceded it but if you get into those bad downs and distances a lot opens up schematically for defenses and that's where a young quarterback can find get himself into trouble trying to do a little bit too much and part of this again is Zach playing within himself sometimes you need to understand when to take one step back to take two steps forward what do I mean by that well if you get into like a third and 20 you're probably not going to pick up the first down the odds are probably higher that you're going to make a big mistake that changes the game. So you got to play safe there and maybe just take a few yards, make the punt a little bit easier than trying to force something and flipping field position by making the big mistake. So that's another thing Zach can do. But I do think it's kind of a team effort. Jets have to do their jobs, play callers. The teammates also have to make sure Zach stays in decent situations. And maybe to get ready for the game, Zach will eat some Bilt Bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. There are nine delicious flavors, and if you have not tried them all, you can get a mixed box where you get two each of the nine flavors. Order today, you can get raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you'd like. And not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. So, go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. If you do that, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L O C K E D number one, number five. For 15% off at Built builtbar. B U I L T B A R.com. You now, it's an exciting time of year. The NFL season begins tomorrow night as the Buccaneers and Cowboys play the opener. You've got college football action, baseball pennant races are heating up. You may watch one game on one device, another on your second device, maybe a baseball game on your phone, and you have your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I wanna tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Locked on Jets podcast on this Mailbag Wednesday. Our next question, will this defense let teams gash them like they did in the preseason? Well, I certainly hope the answer to that is no, but you have to remember the Jets defense was not playing at full strength in the preseason. In fact, they were missing their best player, Quinn and Williams. And I think one of the themes of this season will be whether Quinn and Williams and Sheldon Rankins can dominate inside. This group of corners is going to need some help from the pass rush. A good pass rush can help, at least to some extent, hide some of your deficiencies in the secondary, because if you're getting to the quarterback, that means the corners have less time that they need to cover. And as significant as edge pressure is, and edge pressure does come more frequently, if you can get interior pressure, that brings its own benefits because it's a little bit more difficult to deal with. If you get pressure off the edge, typically your quarterback can step up in the pocket and you're not and he can reset very quickly. Whereas if you get pressure on the inside, the quarterback kind of has to run away. He has to kind of take his eyes away from down the field. He's not really set to throw. Now in an ideal world, you have both. And back in the days where it looked like the Jets were going to have Carl Lawson to go with Williams and Rankin's, this was looking like it could be really good defensive line. It, it is still a defensive line with potential, not quite the potential it had with Carl Lawson, but that's going to be the question, I think. Can Quinton Williams and Sheldon Rankins help compensate for the, and to a lesser extent, guys like Shaq Lawson and Bryce Huff can these guys help compensate for the Jets' deficiencies at corner? And I think that will go a long way towards answering those questions. Now, I do I do not expect the Jets to be pushed around in the run game the way, the way they were against Green Bay. I think that there's too much talent up front. When you're talking about the defensive line, when you're talking about C.J. Mosley being in the mix, I would be very disappointed if they had those issues against the run that they showed against Green Bay. And until I see something that proves it otherwise, I'm just going to say that that was an anomaly. I, I just don't believe they're going to be that bad against the run. And our last question, who will lead the Jets in touchdowns, sacks, and interceptions? I'm going to be optimistic about touchdowns. How about this? I'm going to go with a bit of a wild card. I'm going to say Elijah Moore. And my head tells me to pick Corey Davis because I do think Corey Davis is going to play well. But there's just so much buzz around Elijah Moore that I want to jump on the bandwagon early. So I'm going to go a little bit outside the box there. Even though I probably should pick Corey Davis, I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. And I think he's going to be an impact player from day one. Everything I've heard about him suggests that he's ready to step on the field and add some life to this Jets offense. And I think sometimes you underestimate how big of a deal adding like one or two impact players can be. It can make things quite a bit better. As for sacks, I'm going to go and Williams. You know, if Carl Lawson was here, I think his... Sack numbers would go up this season, but even though typically your top pass rusher is an edge guy, it's easier to get pressures off the edge because you don't have to work in as much traffic. You have all that space on the outside. I'd go Quinn and Williams over Shaq Lawson or Bryce Huff or any of those guys. And as for interceptions, interesting question. I think with so much unknown at the corner position, I'm going to go with Marcus May who was at the back of the defense. Maybe this system will help him out. I mean, I, you know, that's just speculation. But I'm going to go with the guy we know is a solid, even though he's never been that prolific of an interception guy. I mean, he's not been Ed Reed. He's not been Earl Thomas in his career. He's the guy I know is going to be back there. I feel like the corners, there could be guys moving in and out every week. You know, if you have one of these young guys who struggles, he may end up getting benched. Marcus May is the guy you know is going to be out there every single week. So, so I'll go with him as my interception leader. And we can all tune in in January and laugh at how wrong these predictions turned out to be. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.